Hello, and welcome to today's episode of Coffee with Bobby. Today I'm having coffee with Samson Schulman. By the age of 23, Samson had survived the death of his father, an emotionally abusive mother, being repeatedly bullied, switching schools 15 times, chronic illness, and a debilitating addiction. He has overcome all of this. He went to LA to pursue his passion in music and music management. And then he started to see that his career was sinking and he was so disconnected to himself and everyone in his circle of life. All he could focus on was signing the next big deal, landing the next big paycheck, chasing the next accolade. He had become a hostage to his own ego without even realizing it. Suddenly his whole life, it all felt so empty and so meaningless. From this realization, he created Connection is a Magic podcast. He wanted it to serve as a safe haven and catharsis for himself and others who were holding on to their heavy feelings, keeping themselves way down and blocking healing for others who could benefit from their wisdom and not feeling so alone in their struggles. Soon he found himself driven by a new dream to transform his pain and struggle into gratitude and wisdom and to develop a deeper authentic connection with himself and others. And in the end, he realized it's not about what we achieve in this life. It's about who we become. Samson, it's so great to have you here on the show today. How are you doing? Thank you for having me, Bobby. It's a pleasure. I'm doing well. You were just educating me on travel and I appreciate it. <laughs> yes, travel is one of my passions and connecting with people. So I'm so happy you're here and connecting with you. Do you want to share a little bit more about what's happening in your world today? World today? It's funny that you said connecting because I love to connect. That's why my podcast is called Connection is Magic. <laughs> and <laughs> and um, I'm in currently enrolled and I'm getting a master's in clinical psychology here in LA and I'm building a podcast called Connection is Magic. And it's all about bringing on like different, I focus more on sort of entrepreneurs, creatives, and how to sprinkle in a few athletes because I feel like those particular paths are full of so many like ups and downs that I'm really intrigued to like dissect those paths. Um, also spending 10 years in the music industry. Um, I did that professionally for like 10 years and um, I had a lot of peers, myself included, just on these crazy ups and downs. And that's what really got me interested. And I had an addiction when I was 17, 23, and so I was going to these 12 step rooms, which a lot of people are aware of, and I was seeing people share really authentically. And I wanted to create a platform to bring, um, bring some of that to maybe more, you know, wider audience than just people in those rooms. So that's kind of the nutshell. I'll let you take it from here. Ooh, you have so many different paths intertwined into that you mentioned sharing authentically and sharing authentic stories. And that is what develops these true connections. For you, how was it having this authenticity at a young age as you're overcoming addiction? How has it intertwined itself into your life as saying, you know, I absolutely need to have authentic connections in my life to get into this. When I was younger, like, this special connection, this authentic people coming from an authentic place, right. With their truth was hitting me at an even earlier age that predates my addiction. 
and that's music, right? I was really taken to music at such an early age, like maybe eight years old. You know, I remember getting tapes and CDs, whether it was Pink Floyd or whatever it was at the time. And it was like, wow, it really drew me in because, yeah, if you think about it, artists are able to share things that maybe the average person doesn't feel comfortable sharing. So that just led to, I rolled it into an addiction, found these rooms, roll it into, you know, being in the music business and then rolling it into a master's in clinical psychology, which obviously is all about connecting with people who are hurting or stuck and trying to get in touch with their truth and bringing light to their truth and helping see their way out of some difficult places. Let's talk about music. Now, were you just consuming the music or did you also have a passion for playing? And what did you do in the music business later? Right. So it started when I was eight years old or maybe earlier than that. My father was a child prodigy on the piano and he played with the Detroit Symphony Orchestra when he was like eight, literally eight, eight or nine years old. And he was written up in the Detroit Free Press and all that. So I grew up on like a pretty amazing diet. And from the research that I'm doing now, I know that we begin forming kind of and taking in experiences when we're even in the womb, right? So I feel like I really kind of had that instilled early, this like really high caliber of the power of music really early, you know? And um, basically I tried to pay, I played guitar when I was like, you know, found it when I was like 14, 15. And I could do a little rhythm guitar and do basic guitar stuff, not advanced. Uh, but m my area, what I realized, my gifting in the music space, I found when I was in my 20s. And I was on basically, I was charged with finding and discovering new amazing artists to sign and develop. So I did that at a major label. I did that for a management company that I started and I was getting all these artists like major record deals. So I happened to be really gifted with finding diamonds in the rough, able to identify things really early, like things that had like less than a thousand views or something on YouTube and knowing that this was worth investing in and polishing the diamond. So yeah, that's kind of, basically what the bulk of my music career was. And then I also was able to work at the tonight show for the music director for a little stint as well, which was pretty cool. And um, I, sh I sent you the picture of Robin Williams meeting like a childhood hero. That was cool. So yeah, but, but um, my primary love was really plugging in with creatives and helping develop them, which ironically is what I'm doing with myself now. <laughs> with the podcast. <laughs> that is so amazing. Cause you know, we all have gifts of our own and when you can hone in on that and you see somebody's potential, it's like you have it and you have that knack for it of saying, you know, this artist is going to go someplace or this artist doesn't have the drive and the talent or the motivation to get to that next level. Yeah. That's a big part of it too. Yeah. The, the, the work ethic. Um, it's funny, my, my guest actually dropping tomorrow, if you know the song Old Town Road? Yeah. 
you live in Texas, so I feel like maybe that's a big Texas thing. Um, he signed the the artist and songwriter that wrote Old Town Road, a good chunk of that song. And I, he's my guest dropping tomorrow on my podcast. And he made a comment in that episode that speaks to what you just shared, which is he and this artist both had an appetite for the work. So they both had talent, but they had an appetite for the work. So that was that was really cool because you can have the talent, but if you don't have that drive, it's not going to get you very far or you won't be able to sustain it. And this goes for anything in life. So I was having the same conversation. Um, a family member, you know, is an amazing baker and just does it on the side, but has said numerous times, like, I like it, but it's just as a hobby and I don't want to take it to the next level. And you're like, but it's amazing. Like yeah. your cakes taste incredible. Like you can go all in on this, you know, and have, get to that next level and have your own bakery if you wanted it and do special order cakes and wedding cakes and so forth. But it's having that motivation and the drive and work ethic, like you said, you can have all the talent in the world, but if you're just going to sit there and not actually force yourself to write or get in the studio to make music, nothing's going to happen. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And I think you find it's almost like that's the smaller percentage. It's like you would think like people with exceptional talent is the smaller percentage, but no, it feels like people that have the stamina is the smaller percentage. People that are willing to like grind and grind and grind and push and push. Like, you know, Lady Gaga was dropped from a couple record labels. Like Katy Perry was dropped from three record labels. Like to still keep on after you're dropped from three record labels is really speaks to the level of drive and determination it takes to like, you know, make it. And making it is key because like whatever creative endeavor you're in, whatever path of life you're in, you know, you have this mentality of either, you know, life is amazing right now. I'm super happy where I'm at or life could be better. I wish there was more. And if you're in the camp of, I wish there was more, then it's like, well, what are you doing or what are you allowing yourself to achieve? Well said. Yeah, that's perfectly well said. Now we've gotten into the music side of it. Now, taking this into the clinical psychology side of it, how did you segue into it? How did you dig deeper to say, you know, this is where I want to go? I, I feel like it was a really just very natural progression, right? Um, I lost my dad when I was, um, I was very young. I was like 12. So that led me into seeing psychologists, right, to deal with that level of you know, pain at such an early age. And it really put me on the path of self-discovery and working with psychologists and just so, like very, from that experience, it was so painful, but that's also a theme of my podcast is the most painful things can birth these gifts. And from that painful thing, what birthed was this, I have a level of self-awareness that's very heightened because I've been at this since I was 12 years old. You know what I mean? I've been digging since I was 12 and yeah, just, it's a very natural progression when you tie that um, in with 
I'm working with artists and creatives as a manager and for many years and what drives artists and creatives can often come from like a dark place very often, you know, like Lady Gaga had a lot of stuff happen. I don't know if you've seen like documentary on her, but you know, great artists kind of typically do have um, stuff that really challenges them. And so I was there in some senses, not only bringing my talents for developing, you know, their craft, but also as an honorary psychologist in some sense too with them. So when you put that in conjunction with also I made it through an addiction, it just really, it, the, the sort of, um, you know, the hodgepodge of all that really made sense to do this. And the fact that I love connecting with people, you know, it's like, it just was the perfect fit. Um, I can relate to this. My father also passed away when I was 12. Mm, I, wow, same age. Yeah, same age. I was right before my 13th birthday, had younger siblings. You know, you sort of rise to the occasion, like you have a new role. Yeah. I don't know if you're one of, do you have any siblings or I not? I happen to be the, on the younger side of my half brothers. They were, yeah. So we have a little different experience, but you really had to step up. It sounds like, right. Cause you were, yeah, the it, it was like, a, like instantly elevated game. Like my mom was working. She was pregnant at the time. We were moving in with my grandparents. My grandparents needed extra help. So at an early age, it was like, okay, it, in a way, like not when it first happened, but it segued soon after like a few years, like you're in this weird parental role in a way of like, you gotta make sure your siblings are making it and then still helping out my grandparents. Then my mom was helping all of us out and it's just different dynamics. I wanna ask you this, was this going to a psychologist something of your own wanting to do to get through the grieving process? No, I was too young. I wouldn't, have, I wouldn't have known, I think at 12, but luckily my, my, um, my dad's brother, um, and my mom, um, yeah, pushed me in that direction. And it was the best thing ever. Yeah. At first I had somebody coming, believe it or not, to see me at my house, which I just remembered now, like, for the first like maybe six weeks yeah they found somebody to come see me once a week and then I transitioned to go seeing this guy Dr. Halberstadt shout out Dr. Halberstadt who was just an amazing psychologist and um I remember you know what's crazy at that age you might think like oh I want to be outside playing with my friends but I really remember looking forward to going to this guy's office at that age it was, was it a way for you to open up and sort of let down the barriers of things that you wouldn't talk about with your mom or other family members? Yeah. At the time? Yeah. I think that's, yeah, for sure. I think at that age, um, I hadn't yet found the, the, the comfort level of speaking freely and openly like I have today at that age. So. And it comes with time for sure. Because really I, I didn't, I didn't have that. And my mom was like, oh, this is the way the train's rolling. We're all hopping on board. And, you know, it gives a different perspective to say, you know, therapy is good. 
And that's what we're seeing right now, especially with all the uh, mental well-being focus that from the pandemic that everybody's realizing, you know, we do need to take time to become self-aware. It's trending. Yeah, completely. Yeah. <laughs> like we don't have to push everything to the back burner. Yeah. And it it's developed in my life, you know, like coming to this point where I'm at with motivational content and the podcasts and also super cool. Yeah. Is like you, like you said, you have these pain points in your life and it opens up other doors in the future that you would have never thought about at an early age. hundred percent. And you sharing that you lost your dad early, like it gave you these, you know, eventually gave you these gifts. And I feel like we're kind of like, if you consider like the sport of, if you consider mental health a sport, like we're kind of like, you know, veterans now, you know, I feel like, cause we've been on this. So we're helping like some rookies figure things out. I feel like, right. Cause when, you know, when you've been challenged for a while and that's not from a place of arrogance at all, it's just from like, literally, I look at it. Like if you uh, parallel that to like the educational experience, like, you know, we just happen to be in, you know, and, and getting our bachelor's or getting our master's and like other people are like in middle school or high school on this path, you know? And it's like, well, try and share some of that wisdom with these people that are newer on the path. Cause some people literally haven't been challenged prior to the pandemic. Like I was reading about that in school when people, you know, when people get challenged. And not only that, but if you look at adults and things like people now who are in their forties or their fifties or even sixties, you know, facing different challenges now and I've heard it said to me many a times and by family here in Texas, they're like, you just handle whatever it comes at you. Like we could throw anything at you. Like watch said this to you about you. Yeah. Like we, awesome. could, we could throw four <laughs> kids at you to watch for four days and, you know, flights are delayed and things like that. Or, you know, plans change instantly or somebody's sick and you just have to step up to the plate. And I'm like, I've been doing this for years. Like, this is nothing yep. new to me. What you're currently experiencing is a whole new ball game for you. Yeah. But I've already done this for 20 plus years. Like, this is nothing new. Yeah, you've been in the adversity weight room. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm like, I don't want people to have to join my club. Like, please go. Uh, um, but having these experiences allow you to help others. And that's what you're doing. And you're on the path to doing. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, likewise, man, it's really inspiring to connect with you because you've, you, you've, you've got you've got that same element going on. It's cool. Definitely. So where do you want to take it with clinical psychology? Is there an yeah, area yeah. that you really want to focus in on? I actually just want to, 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 yeah, just to, uh, the plan as it stands now is to continue to grow and build the podcast and, um, eventually offer coaching, uh, taking this education and offering coaching to creatives, entrepreneurs, you know, that's ultimately what I want to do. And, you know, most coaches don't, they don't have that type of educational experience really before becoming coaches. And, you know, not to say there's not like awesome coaches who don't have that, there absolutely are. 
But for me, I wanted to get more of that fundamental, like, you know, does that make sense? I wanted to get more of that fundamental education to see if I can weave that into helping, you know, creatives and entrepreneurs who feel stuck. Let's define feeling stuck because we all feel, I mean, we can say we feel stuck at different yeah, places. Are you talking yeah, it's about like growing? Definitely feeling stuck at a certain level in your business, feeling stuck in a certain level of mindset. Are you talking feeling stuck in like the creative process? Yeah, just across the board, right? Like, yeah, feeling stuck in a relationship, feeling maybe um, I did have one coaching client who was in a foreign country and like wanted to pursue his music and wanted to leave that country to come to the States. But he was like, you know, scared to take that leap and like, um, okay, just walking through these different scenarios. And I remember on that particular, in that particular case, I thought of which might be helpful to the listeners. Like, it's like, there's going to be pain either way. It's like the pain of like this nagging at you and like not doing it or the pain of regret for not having tried or the pain of like going for it and not knowing how you're going to pay your bills for the first couple of months while you get settled and having to sleep on couches and it's like pick your pain but ultimately try and choose a pain that's going to offer you less pain in the long run does that make sense so i love how you said that yeah. less pain in the long run because this has been on my mind too of you know we can either take the easy road of what was we've always done and stay at a certain level or if you have these dreams and aspirations, whether you're a creative or startup exec or a baker, like a baker, <laughs> yeah, a baker, or you know, or somebody who has lost their job during the pandemic, had this nagging at them, you know, on their mind of, you know, what do I really want to do now? Here's an opportunity to change and change complete industries. This is something I've thought about from a young age, you know, um, is the time to choose, is it time to choose me now as things start coming back and more work opens up? Do I still take the leap and go for it, go for that completely different industry or do I settle for what's easy? Mm, yes. This is a common thing, isn't it, Bobby? It's yeah. Really it's like yeah. why, you know, you have to learn how to choose yourself, I think. Yeah. No, for sure. And that's because I, I mean, I'm learning in school, like our brains aren't built for really <laughs> taking those types of leaps. Like they're really not, they're built for comfort. Like, you know what I'm saying? Um, it's funny. Like one of my professors was like, why, if it feels so good to exercise, like, why is it always such a challenge to get ourselves to the gym often? Right. For most. And it's because our brains are like, why are we running right now? There's no tiger chasing us. Like, what are we doing? Really? That's the subconscious thing at play in our brains. Crazy, right? So, you know, anyways, that's why I want to learn sort of the, the fundamentals of like human psychology. Yeah. And how the brain works and how we dive into it and keep ourselves, yeah. try to keep ourselves in this safety net bubble so we don't have to experience it. Okay. Yes. And another thing, can I share one more thing? Yeah, let's I got, hear it. Was, was um, why is change so hard? Why do so many people get stuck? Because he said, 
the brain again, set up for survival, very primitive. If what we did yesterday equaled us not dying, even though it was painful emotionally to us, we will do that again and repeat that because we didn't die. The brain is set up for survival, not happiness. Like you hear Tony Rott, you hear all these people talk about that. That's, that's how it works. So to get in there and like, you know, literally circumvent that I feel like happens through relationship. It doesn't really happen on our own. Like we need to partner with somebody generally. If you think about Bobby, like in your life, most of your progress and change, did it not come through relationship, whether that was a therapist or a friend or a family member? Like we, when we tap into a relationship, I feel like that facilitates change. It's really hard to change on our own. For sure. And at multiple different levels, like I can look back on my life and think of the times and things that I've gone through and what spurred those changes, whether it was, you know, working out with personal trainers and doing super crazy workouts. I love fitness and working out to, you know, two years ago, it's a standing joke with my boyfriend and I. Um, but he said, in order to be in a relationship, you have to learn how to scuba dive because I want a new scuba diving partner. That's what he said. That's what he said. And I mean, we come from the world of travel and in the same industry. So there are these downtimes in between contracts. So we used to do event marketing and be on the road. And he was like, um, I just really want to scuba dive some more and I need somebody who's going to do that with me. And I was like, well, you know, I had thought about it in the past. Um, One of my good friends in Spain almost talked me into it, but it didn't work out course-wise and timing. So I never did it. And he's like, perfect. Now's the opportunity. And so I did it. Like, went on dive. Was that that uncomfortable for you at first? Was it hard for you to take that leap? At first it was coursework, bookwork, fine. Um, like learning how to trust in that moment because you have zero control. There are yeah. things that you do to like keep you safe and you have to breathe properly and so forth. Um, but yes, there are things at the very beginning during it, I was like, I'm going to do it. And he was there. He was like, okay, this is, I know it's going to be a challenge for you, but you've got this. And then we hadn't dove for over a year and a half in the ocean and we just went to Mexico and that first couple of dives, you know, I was nervous again. And I was like the weakest link of using air faster. And then I just had to realize, I was like, you know what? Like, this is part of the challenge. You got to rise to the occasion. Amen. Amen. And the more you do that, I feel like it does build muscles, right? So now you know, if you want to, I don't know, say, start some new endeavor or something, you could kind of like transfer those muscles a little bit, right? For um, sure. Yeah. Yeah. I just, um, and do you think some people, I'll tell you what, I just thought of something else, but I have a middle brother who he is so not entrepreneurial like us, I feel like, or like, you know, putting ourselves out there, let's say, like you just described. Yeah. He's like, I just want to go to my cubicle and does the same thing every day, watches the same programs, gets his little check from the office, which (laughs) is fine if that, you know, is that's his cup of tea, let's say. 
because people are built different too. Let's like honor that. But like, I'm not built that way at all. Like I always need to be, I love um, kind of digging deep and putting myself in those uncomfortable places because I really believe in tapping our human potential. And I think that's what helps us tap our human potential. Um, that That's just my cup of tea. So I don't know. What do you think about this? Do you know people that that don't have to do that and you know they're content that's that's their makeup yes Mm -hmm. without a doubt there are people like this and then there like you said people like us that is like I said you know I want to have a slow day at the hotel and then a few hours in I was like I'm over this like I need to do something. Let me explore. Let me explore. I need to yeah. explore. I need That's to just get, your DNA, you know. Like, I and... need to get creative juices flowing. Yes. I, I need to go talk to the locals. And, I... and it's the people that are built like you and I that that don't follow that instinct. Those are the unhappy, a lot of unhappy people, right? That's where you get unhappy. It's like if you have that DNA and you're not following it, then that breeds you know, dissatisfaction and unhappiness and all that. But if you have the other DNA and your cup of tea is just chilling in that middle zone, God bless. Awesome. But <laughs> just, yeah, but just honor yourself, honor your, honor your makeup. That's what I would kind of say to the listeners. But I also want to add, if you are in that scenario, like your brother, where you're happy in that cubicle lifestyle, well, say, even if you don't have this, creative DNA makeup that we're talking about where you always have to be starting something or following your, I don't want to say following your intuition because we all need to follow our intuition. Yeah. Oh, we oh, that's bar none. I agree. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. Agree. Um, but, but putting your plate, putting yourself in these places of like discomfort and put, you know, that type of thing or right. stretching. Um, but if you're in a place where you are unhappy in that cubicle life, or you are not liking the industry that you are in currently and you're unhappy, that's where the shift ultimately has to happen to honor your true self. That's true. That's true. Because you could still like that cubicle lifestyle could be for you, but maybe that particular uh, situation is not, maybe you need to find cubicle number two and ditch cubicle number one. And that's good too. You're right. So creating that distinction is important. But we always need to honor what's within us, don't we? I feel like one of my one of these quotes I came across that really said this well was, um, "the the truth is furiously knocking at the door. You might as well answer, my child." It's like that really stuck with me because, like, we know, like, when we get when we get that nagging feeling within us, like, we really know, and some of us take, you know a month to follow that. And some of us take 10 years to follow that. It's crazy. I have a friend who lived in Chicago. He's like 65 years old now. And there was a 20 year period literally where he like wanted to move Florida and he wouldn't, he wouldn't do it. And he's like, man, it was, and they finally did it. So it's wild. And okay. Let's talk about this. Do you know what happened after he moved to Florida? It, it was a great situation for him. It was great. I don't know, like, you know, he, he met someone like he, it, it just took him that long and he's still, uh, yeah. When he, when he speaks about it, it, you could tell that it's still like uh, painful for him, 
you know, when he talks about that. Because at that moment or during that time period, you took 20 years to actually come to the realization that, you know, this is the life for me. Yes, that, yes. When he had that, to use the intuition word, you know, to use that intuition word, it was there. And you're ignoring that. And um, a par- it's weird, man. Like a, a part of you kind of dies. Like I'm looking at a house plant right now. Like mm-hmm. we're like, everything is, you know, there's a nature to everything, like humans, plants, animals. Like it's true. There's a nature to everything. It's like a part of you can kind of, kind of start to die if you don't honor it, if it wants to grow and it wants to do its thing and you don't honor it. Like part of yourself starts to die. The problem is, is when that part of you starts to die, it spills over into other places, you know? This is so key because yeah. not only let's talk about like spilling into other places. One, mm-hmm. somebody listening to this might go, okay, well, if I'm not honoring what I truly need to go into or truly do, how am I dying? You know, mm. well, it also affects you on numerous aspects of your health. And like physical illnesses, you know, emotional trauma. Yeah. Some people may be like, oh, I don't believe that. But look, like, look at those times where you haven't honored that and what started to happen. There's real data on this now. I mean, like Harvard, Stanford, like the top research institutions literally point to, you know, the mind body connection, that whole thing. So now it's a real thing. It's not like woo woo energy stuff. It's, it's real. Um, it is real, but energy is real too, even though people don't see it, but yeah, some people are still blind to that. Some people are still blind to that. Let's keep it real. But yeah, but some of us are aware are more, you know, aware of that than others, let's say, but no, I'm telling you, uh, that's a real thing. Like people that like, if you, they don't speak their truth. I have a girl that's like, um, a, a friend, who's a girl that I'm close with, who is like, when she doesn't speak her truth, she'll get like a sore throat. It's crazy. She's really like that tapped in with, with herself. So yeah, it's just, it's really important, I think, to get this message out. And you can see it on people too. And I can see it, you know, where if you are tapping into it or starting to, and, you know, you see that unending joy on their face and mm. they'll express it and they'll tell you all about this new thing that they're meant to do. But if you put them back in that old environment, they're going to collapse again and you'll start to see other things come up. And totally. it's so true. Like I've noticed for myself just over the past year of doing motivational speaking and stepping into this new role and creating different style of content and podcasts and getting off of the rat race of 90% travel and overworking myself and things like that, you know, I feel a thousand times better. Yeah. Well, you look vibrant, but I have, I didn't know the old you, but the old you was not this you're saying the old. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like I would still run and be active and super exciting and exuberant on events and things like that. But, you know, people can see it and they're like, you look really good. Or, you know, what's your secret to 
you know, somebody told me the other night, we saw friends for dinner and they're like, you might be the only person that's lost weight during COVID. What did you do? And I'm like, um, I exercise the same as what I've been. I've been drinking more water, um, but it's truly like the new mindset mm. that you flow into, like your body just adjusts. Totally, totally. And that spill, and maybe that goodness spills over, you know, now like, yeah, you're, you're bringing your best self and uh, you never know. I mean, literally somebody was telling me the other day, like, you know, when you're able to bring your best self, you could light up somebody's day that is going to then be in their own encounters for that day. Right. And then maybe they transfer that and light up somebody else's day. You know, the same works for, you know, toxic energy too, obviously. Right. Like, and another thing I like this, that, that, that was said about this was this whole spillover idea that we're mm-hmm. on right now. Like he said, like road rage, like has nothing to do with driving. It's like whatever <laughs> you're, whatever you're carrying, right. has nothing yep. to do with driving. So that's really interesting. And road rage is so key. Like you can see it anytime. Like, sure. You may hit traffic and I've been on long drives with people and they're like, going crazy. I'm like, hold up. What's really happening in your life? Like, just because we have to wait here 20 minutes, it'll be okay. We're still going to get there. There may be a reason, you know, this 20 minute delay is happening. Like maybe it's saving us from an accident or beautiful way to look at it. Yeah. And it's like, what's on your mind that you're not physically addressing completely. What it has been intriguing for you the most when you dissect other creatives and other entrepreneurs on their journey? Yeah, great question. What has been intriguing for me the most? Let me think about that for just a second. Um, the, the bandwidth for resilience and bouncing back has been really interesting to look at, you know? how much can somebody take right before they throw in the towel and, you know, give up on something has been really, really fascinating. I mean, I interviewed this guy, Sean Livingston, who played for the Golden State Warriors. He was drafted out of high school. Um, I think he was like the fourth overall pick in the NBA one of the years. And he shattered his knee. I mean, like this guy had an injury that you, you can't even watch, you know, those like videos that make you go ah like you know he had a video like that you can't even watch it and he rehabbed for like you know I think it was a two-year journey he was traded to like seven NBA teams before he found his way onto the Golden State Warriors basketball team and won two championships with them so he went through all that you know hung in there rehab became a good player again like it's wild and then you know uh, another guy that you know he wasn't making money in music and his wife basically um, helped support him for a year and a half, worked double shifts at Applebee's. He was like crying in the bathroom at night by himself. And, you know, he just won a Grammy working on Kanye West's last album. He's written with Coldplay and he's done, he's, he made it through that. And so, yes, the bandwidth of, for resilience and, and being able to push through is always interesting to like dissect. And what I've noticed too, mm-hmm. one is the bandwidth, like you said, but I've noticed that 
um, for me, I'm religious and like God only gives you as much as you can handle yeah. plus a little bit more for you to actually trust and lean into it. hundred percent. Yeah. hundred percent. It's, and it's developing you too. Cause to use your analogy, I mean, both people did have a very good connection to God. They, they trusted in a higher power, right? I think that's, that always helps. And I do as well. And knowing that these challenging places are really developing you and shaping you to become your best self. When you look at it like that, like my intro for my podcast is like, literally I say, adversity wasn't sent to break us, but it was sent to shape us into who we're here to be. I really believe that. And that's the thing is like, if you trust that and push through that, then you get a diamond. But if you don't, and you abandon that process of, you know what I'm saying? Then, you know, they say the wealthiest place on earth isn't in the gold or the oil. It's in the cemeteries because you've got people maybe who abandon that, that process. And then you don't, you don't dig out of you what was put in you. And then you don't live out your true purpose. Then, you know, and you don't affect lives. You don't affect lives, right? right? Cause all these other people, like this guy's records, like that I'm talking about that won the Grammy, like his music is impacting people's lives, you know, through his craft or all these people, what you're doing, what I'm doing, what everybody, you know, people that push through that resistance to, to become who they're here to be, whatever the baker, <laughs> let's go back to the baker. Cause I like talking about her. Like if she pushes through that, well, her amazing food will, you know, um, uplift, you know, all these other people from, from her going through it. Yeah, exactly. And it can, you can literally be doing anything and affecting lives. Truly. Um, the barista at Starbucks who is making coffee and bringing joy to somebody's day. 100%. Asking, you know, how are you? Because I feel Versus like- Versus if that person just was like, ah, I'm going to stay, you know, I'm going to stay here. I'm going to stay down, let's say. And sometimes there's a period where you do get hit with something and you need to let yourself have that heal time without a doubt because it's, it's a challenging process. But I think the people that, I really kind of learn from and, and look up to speak on too many people, like allow themselves to stay in that place. You, you, you know, you, you stay. Um, my, my coach says, don't cement yourself in a setback. I, I really like that. Yeah. And, yeah. That makes so much sense. Yeah. Don't yourself. Yes. In a setback. In a setback. Yeah. Cause you can, always grow from something you can always learn from something yeah and it's all in how you see it 100 percent. yeah everything is how you frame it yeah let's dive into perspective and framing for a minute mm-hmm. um how have you changed your perspective going through all of these different adversities in your life i feel like the best, most succinct way that I can put it is having been challenged enough. I mean, I've gone on health journeys too. I didn't even tell you that I got Lyme disease. If you know Lyme disease, I didn't know what it was for six years. I went to countless doctors. I had five knee surgeries. I mean, I've been challenged and tested through and through. And I feel like I've realized that 
all of these challenges, I'm starting to realize, to answer your question, that they have birthed this version of myself. And I love this version of myself. I have more freedom. I have more trust. I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm like, what's like the captain at sea. That's like, you know, yeah. that's had all the, the waves coming, coming. The waves yeah. are crashing and you're this still close going. to capsizing multiple times. And like, okay, so I'm a skilled captain now, you know, on these seas, I feel like, and that ended up being a tremendous gift, a tremendous gift. And I see that now and I experience that now. And not only that, I'll say this, when you've been tested and challenged that much, and as we all have in our own ways, the other way to see it is, is when you experience joy, oh my God, like joy to me is felt at such a magnified level. I, I experience joy. It's like, you know, when you dilute something, right? Some, mm -hmm. you know, it's like, it's like taking the powder of something that you would normally <laughs> dilute, let's say, and I'm just like, ah, it's so intense, you know? And I only experienced that because of all the darkness that I've been through. So that ends up being just a tremendous gift. That's why if you're struggling or you're down, if you just can keep pushing and trying, you can, and, and wait for the, wait for the sun to return because like they say, you know, at the, at the darkest, you know, at the darkest night, the, the sun will be out again. And it's like, if you can wait that through, there's tremendous, tremendous gifts that are waiting for you. 1000%. Like, I agree wholeheartedly with everything that you just said. Mm. And it is completely true. Whether you're going through a health situation right now, I mean, we've both gone through it. You had Lyme disease, I had digestive issues. And when you see how bad life can be at different instances, like you said, it's like the smallest things can bring you so much joy. Like one of my nieces randomly texts me and from her mom's either MacBook or um, her iPhone. And it used to be a year ago, it was all mumble jumble stuff. And it was the cutest thing ever for a four-year-old. Now she's five and she sends me like, Bobby, I'm learning to spell. How are you? How is this? And wow. like, just seeing like those texts come through. I'm like, this made my day. And That's beautiful. But you're right. It's like getting an ice cream sundae, grabbing some ice cream, and instead of spooning on the, the sprinkles, you're pouring it on. And when you see that joy in your life, it's like how when people are really down, it's like you have to start seeing the joyous moments, even in the smallest things. 100%. And it becomes a gift. Yeah. Yeah. And it brings, helps bring you out of those dark places. It does. And us, yeah, us giving reminders like, yeah, this is like, this is as real as it gets, Bobby. This is real stuff, man. Because I feel like it's like, I feel like we're not special. Like if we could push through what we push through, other people can push through. Like, it's just a matter of you have to, I think another thing, I think what helps you push through too is being open about your struggles. That's what I've found, right? I found when I connect 
and get real, it allowed me and allows me to make it through my dark places. If I keep it to myself and just bottle it, it becomes really too heavy. And, and I don't, you know, personally, I feel like you got to connect. And you weren't meant to carry all this weight on your own. No. All no. the worry, all the weight on your shoulders, you know, whatever anybody is going through listening to this, whatever stress you were in, whatever decisions, whatever pain point you're in, because, yeah. you know, for us, you know, it could have been in a, like for you, an addiction or health issues or changing mm -hmm. industries, or for somebody else, it might be something totally different. And, you know, we maybe, may they're, maybe they're in an abusive relationship, you know what I mean? Well, that's possible. And then that's a real low point that really hurts. I've known people that have been stuck in those, you know, and I feel like you have to just, just, you know, share that with somebody, find allies, you know, when you're there who will hold space for you, just who will hold space for you to grow through that chapter so you can make it to the sunshine. Yes. And always being able to realize that the sun is still shining. Mm. Like it's not going to leave you. You may not see all of the rays right at the moment, but it is going to be there. And it Absolutely. is there. It is there. It is there, but the clouds can cover it and we can forget. And guess what? Those clouds will move at some point. They will move at some point, you know? Yeah. I mean, they did. It's wild. They did a, um, they did a study. I think uh, you might've heard about this of like lottery winners and people who were paralyzed in accidents. And after one year, both of their had spaces had returned to baseline of like where they were prior to those events happening. So like things don't stay the same. That's the thing too. Okay. <laughs> we always think things are going to stay the same. Like when we're in our heads and we're going through that dark place, we think it's always going to be this way. I, I had on a guy on my podcast who tragically his son took his life um, from school bullying, which I'm sure, you know, is like a big issue, right? School yeah. bullying. And he goes around and lectures now. His pain became his purpose. He goes around and lectures all over the world. And he tells these kids that are having a really hard time with bullying in school, dude, you're not gonna, you're not gonna always be around these people. Like this will lift and you will enter a new chapter in your life, right? But when you're in it, it feels like it's everything and you do not see that there is any other chapters coming. You, it just consumes you. So yeah. even as adults, we can do that, right? You don't have to be a kid. It's like the walls are crashing down. Like, yes. Like a brick building and all the bricks are collapsing. We can't see, Bobby. <laughs> right. Who's going to rescue me? Who do I need to open up to? And that's the key is like, you don't have to keep this inside you. The more you keep it inside, the more it's going to hurt you down the road. So find somebody, like you said, to open up, to speak to, whether you need to write things out, whether you need to call somebody who's not in your circle and have conversations or call somebody who is in your circle who can honor you and is not going to judge you on what, what you're going to open up with. Amen. Fine. Yes, that's right. Find somebody 
that you can trust. Just do not, I repeat, don't keep it all to yourself because then it will become an unmanageable burden. There's just no way we're not, we're not built that way. You know, I want you to dive into this. You said we are not built that way. I like it makes, (laughs) it makes sense to me, but I know somebody out there is like, what are we built for? We're built for interdependence. If, I mean, if you think back to like when we were like doing like the cave, the cave thing, like, yeah. you know, weren't we all dependent on each other? Like somebody was cooking, somebody was gathering, somebody, we're, we've, we've just always built for interdependence. Even now, like I ordered coffee. That, well, this is called like coffee with Bobby, right? Yeah. I mean, somebody had to like go make the beans happen for me. Like I was, you know, I'm dependent. And then I had oat milk in my latte. Okay, well, the oat milk people had to handle the oat milk, you know, and then they brought up the coffee shop. And like, it just this morning, I was dependent upon like four or five different other sources and people like we're built for interdependence. So that's our nature. So we need to keep in the theme of that. And when we're going through something, it works no differently. And you don't have to go through it alone. You can't go through it alone. Ooh. It yeah. Yes, you can't go through it alone. You can try, but it's not going to work. It's not going to work. It's not going to work. You'll be battered with something, whether it's emotional trauma, it'll come up as disease in your life or something else. You can't do it alone. It's like driving a car with the e-brake on. (laughs) It's like going to be grinding (laughs) the wheels. Oh, my car's going into the shop today. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Why aren't I moving? (laughs) Oh, really uh, maybe if I don't want to do this next quick work project, uh, I might might try that. I just can't get the truck to move, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know why I didn't make it to San Francisco. <laughs> why am I still two miles outside of the office? <laughs> That's funny. That's true. That's it funny. is true. Like you can't make it. So we have to have people going alongside us on our journey as and helping us get to the places where we are meant to be. Absolutely. Samson, I could speak to you for hours. Like same. we're on the same wavelength. <laughs> I could keep this We're riding that frequency going. together, Bobby. Yes, yes. yes. <laughs> I love it. Samson, where can we find more information out about you, your podcast, social media? Easiest way, everything is like one-stop shopping it would just be just go to connectionismagic.com. Everything's there. Podcast link, all that stuff's there. There you go. Wherever you are listening to this episode at or watching this episode, all of the links will be in the description. Make sure you go connect with Samson. He is impacting lives. He's impacted your life today. And he's just spreading the joy throughout all of the connections in life. And I absolutely love it. So Samson, thank you so much for joining me for coffee today. It has been by far a blessing. Thank you so much. Likewise, Bobby. Thank you. For everybody who is listening or watching this episode today, I want to leave you with this. Just reach out to somebody. If you're going through one of these pain points right now, whether you have a trying decision to make, whether you're trying to decide to choose yourself, but afraid to take that leap, please, please reach out to somebody. If you feel like you can't reach out to somebody in your circle, 
I know for a fact I will listen to you and I'm sure Samson will listen <laughs> as well. So you have no excuses to not reach out to somebody and just do that today. Choose Amen. yourself. Amen. Amen. Well said. And this has been another episode of Coffee with Bobby and today's guest, Samson. Thank you so much.